Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. It's me, JB, John Burke from BurkeReviews.com, and I am solo tonight. Um, but Matt uh, was under the weather, so decided to, to tough this one out and just give you my review of Violent Night, the uh, new Santa Claus diehard movie, essentially. Uh, I'll get into pretty much right now. I'm going to do all the segments, uh, but it's just going to be me talking. So I hope you enjoy this as best as I can do. It, it definitely helps to have Matt bounce things off of, but... I talk for a living, so I figured why not. Um, we will be back, of course, to our normal format next week. So if you, if this drives you insane, uh, don't feel bad. Um, come back next week. Matt will be back, and you can hear his lovely British accent that I just, you know, can't do. That said, uh, the awesome side of the podcast is here to give you his thoughts on Violent Night. So in case you haven't seen the trailer, Violent Night is directed by Tommy Workola, written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller. Stars David Harbour um, as Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, not a guy pretending to be Santa Claus. No, no, actually Santa Claus. John Leguizamo, um, Alex Hassel, uh, Alexis Lauder, Eddie Patterson, Cam uh, Gigante, Leah Brady, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, which I kind of feel like that's a surprise cameo. I did not know she was in this going into it. And then Brendan Fletcher. Um, there's other people in this movie. There's a lot of uh, kind of one-off characters. The uh, big three, though, I would say are um, I trying to remember the name of the kid. I think it is. ah, I think it is Leah Brady is the kid. And she has a lot to do in this movie. But John Leguizamo, David Harbour are your two bigs. Um, It it ultimately comes down to Santa Claus versus, quote unquote, Scrooge. Um, For years, this time of year brings about a debate among film Twitter and other film enthusiasts is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Whether you fall on one side of the camp or the other, um, I know Matt and I both say it's a Christmas movie. Um, this film was like, hey, what if we did Die Hard with Santa and it will become irrefutable that this is a Christmas movie, but it's mostly Die Hard. It's not exactly Die Hard, uh, but there is a lot of Die Hard in this movie. The general plot is Die Hard. Um, and there are scenes that are 100% like homage to Die Hard. I wouldn't say it's a it's not a shot for shot or a you know verbatim recreation. Uh, but it's also a lot of allusions to Christmas movies. If you're familiar with uh, a variety of Christmas films, you're going to see those uh play out in some capacity here. You have a magical Santa, um but there's a history there. Uh we learn a little bit about it. Um the names of all of the the bad guys that are create uh, committing the heist have Christmas themed names or nicknames. Like I said, uh, John Leguizamo's character is Jimmy Scrooge Martinez. Um, but uh, there's a family story in this, but the thing that shocked me the most, and if you've seen the trailer, it probably shouldn't have shocked me as much as this, but this movie lives up to the name Violent Night. It is super violent. There is a lot of uh, blood and uh, fighting that i was expecting but i wasn't quite expecting the level of blood uh in some of the sequences it is it is definitely a violent film if you don't like action movies you probably won't enjoy this even if you're a big fan of christmas or david harbour um on a bright side uh if you saw david harbour's hellboy you were probably severely disappointed uh that movie wasn't good and i was really sad for david harbour because 
I love Hopper from Stranger Things, and I want him to be a leading man. I think in Stranger Things, he found uh, a, a great balance of how to be um, kind of a, a, a schlub, but also a hero somehow. Um, especially, I mean, that is kind of his journey throughout the three seasons. But, um, I mean, one of my favorite lines in TV is uh, mornings are for coffee and quiet contemplation. Like, I live by that creed. And I'm excited to say that in this movie, he gets to shine. Um, they use him very, very well uh he's you know it's kind of even got elements of bad santa i mean there's a direct reference to home alone that the movie then leans on even harder there's a clear diehard connection again the plot is ultimately the same they're in a it's not quite it's not a nakamura tower it is not a uh christmas party for a business but there is a business-like attitude among this family um as they are rich and well-to-do and uh there is there is a heist that happens with the the villains um that is reminiscent of die hard in its own right um there are sequences again where uh david harbour is in hiding as santa just talking through a radio to another character again that feels very die hard um he's never in a vent i don't think uh although i guess you could argue that a chimney is kind of like a vent um but it's definitely got roots in the the story of die hard and that that debate of is it a christmas movie and it's a lot of fun um i forgot to to give the synopsis uh and the uh, rt this is see matt's is supposed to be doing this this week and i am off uh when a group of mercenaries attack the estate a wealthy family uh santa claus must of a wealthy family sorry santa claus must step in to save the day um and quote unquote christmas uh critics are enjoying the 70 percent rotten tomato 89 percent rot uh audience on Rotten Tomatoes, 55 meta score though, so a little low on that end. 7.1 IMDb user score and a 3.4 letterbox. It's dumb fun. Um, there's nothing like super intelligent here. I I definitely prefer um, in my subgenre of Christmas movies. I like a Christmas horror film a little more than a Christmas action film, but I do like uh, the hybrid genres of Christmas and something. And I think this one's a really fun example of what you can do with the action genre. Um, it's wild to have it actually be Santa Claus doing this. Um, there are some major holes that I wish they had filled or maybe maybe it ended up on the cutting room floor for time. Uh, it does run a little longer than I think it maybe should. It's a little slow getting started, but once it gets started, it's pretty un unrelenting. It moves and, uh, you know, by the end I was I was in I was rolling my eyes a little bit at first but by the end i i enjoyed this movie it's um for me it's like four out of five stars not not perfect but definitely worth checking out especially again if you don't mind a little bit of action violence because it's here um you still get the christmas spirit to a degree um there is some like mortal Kombat level deaths though just as a heads up again it's not for the faint of heart uh, when it comes to violence but um matt didn't get to see this uh because he's under the weather so i don't even have like his thoughts on it unfortunately to tell you that he liked it or didn't like it he doesn't know because he hasn't got to see it yet um but from this side of the pond uh i say if you if you like christmas movies if you like david harbour and you don't mind some uh movie violence this movie's worth checking out so headlines there's a lot of stuff happening in movies right now. Uh, pretty much every day, James Cameron has a new headline. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that today. Instead, I'm going to talk about DC, which also seems to be making headlines every day. Uh, but the one that caught my eye is um, about Wonder Woman 3. Uh, as of now, 
as is Patty Jenkins sequel uh, is canceled. And um, that's not totally surprising for a variety of reasons. It looks like James Gunn and the other guy whose name I do not remember um, are sh shaking up the DCU, uh, which we expected because the DCU has been crumbling slowly and then people are patching it and we're like, oh, maybe it's going to stay and then maybe it's not going to stay. Um, I definitely think we're going to get some version of what we've had, but a lot of it's going to change. And uh, Wonder Woman 84 was generally not loved, um, especially by comparison to the first one, which is uh, usually held in the top three of the DC movies since the Nolan Batman, not counting those because that's not part of it, but from the DCU, um, Wonder Woman's beloved by many. 84 wasn't. We haven't heard much about three until now. It's been two years since 84 dropped. Uh, so in theory, they should have already been in production for three if we follow the general you know, two to three year cycle. Um, so it's not a total shock. But the big thing is, is Patty Jenkins in director jail all of a sudden? Because she had her Star Wars project apparently shelved or at least temporarily shelved. Um, this was canceled. And I think there was a third movie that she was uh, attached to that didn't pan out. That she hasn't done anything wrong, but everyone was so up on Patty Jenkins after Wonder Woman, and then 84 was d mostly disappointing. Now, again, you could chalk that up to COVID. You could chalk that up to the uh, dumping it on HBO Max. But I saw it opening the first day we had to see it, and it wasn't because it was on TV that I didn't like it. Um, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that are, is wild. Um, it's, it, it's a big swing, but I... I Really thought Patty Jenkins uh, demonstrated some really great directing in the first film. I'd like to see her get to make some other stuff. Um, and she handled making a blockbuster pretty well. Even 84 is not a disaster. It's just not as good as Wonder Woman. Um, at least I, I don't think it was a disaster. It has been two years, and I have not really thought about it that much until 3 came up the other day. But that was my headline that caught my attention. Matt and I have been kind of throwing a lot of stuff back and forth. Um James Cameron, right before I recorded this, took a diss at Marvel because that's what auteurs are doing now. It's like every auteur has to talk crap about Marvel. Um, and to be fair, I think Cameron just wants to make sure nobody misses Avatar. Uh, so being in the news in some capacity seems to be his goal. And he's succeeding. He's making himself a headline pretty much every day by talking trash about something. Um, this time, talking trash about IL ILM and... Um, Thanos specifically is what I saw. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to go any more than that, but that was a headline Matt threw my way. So I figured I would at least drop a, a kind of par headline from Matt. Um, moving on to media consumption. Uh, I've, I'm planning to hit 400, uh, movies this year watch, which will be the highest I've ever watched in a single year that I am aware of, uh, since I've been keeping track since 2016, um, and it's a big deal for me because Burke Reviews was started with the premise that I would watch a movie a day uh, for the entire year, which was a leap year, and write a review for everyone. While I have not written a review for all 400 movies that I will have watched by the end of this year, um, I've written a review for uh, many. And if I didn't write it, I spoke about the movie on this podcast um, in some capacity. So it's been uh, it's been kind of exciting to me. Um, I've watched so many 2022 films and i'd like to take a moment to thank all of the studios who um, have sent uh for your consideration screeners to members of the uh, critics association of central florida the cacf um uh, i joined the association last year and 
uh we had a lot of stuff sent to us last year but we've been bombarded with content this year so a lot of what i've been watching are screeners some of these movies are not easy to watch yet um or still in theaters or are about to be in theaters and or on netflix in some cases but um i uh yeah right now as of today i'm at 379 and i've got two weeks off coming to me before the end of the year for christmas vacation so i will have no problem hitting 400 um i'm excited about that uh, again i've seen 170 movies from 2022 from 2022 so i've seen a lot of what this year has to offer and still not even close to everything there's some major gaps from this year's releases that i haven't watched i'm working on it i'm trying my best um i always mention the blank check podcast is my favorite podcast to listen to um and i the james and the giant peach episode dropped last week it's a really fun episode with emma stefanski stefanski sorry um and uh she is a bug expert which i think i knew because I've, I've heard her on the show several times but it's some funny conversations um bunch of movies this week so i watched uh gangu by kathawadi uh which is on netflix it's a um i believe it is a bollywood film if i am wrong if it's tali or zali i apologize um one of my students uh at at the school that i teach um it is currently her favorite movie of the year and i think it might be one of her favorite movies all time uh she's been talking about it um i watched it on her recommendation it's very very good i liked it a lot um, two of the actors from RRR, another incredible film from this year, um, are in this. So that made me even more excited because I'm a big supporter of RRR. Um, I watched two documentaries, both uh, Florida-based. Billy Flanagan, The Happiest Man on Earth, uh, which is about a the longest reigning – reigning might not be the right word – the longest retained employee at Disney Entertainment in Disney World, Orlando, Florida, um, and kind of how he helped – everyone uh who were the other entertainers at disney during COVID, how he kept their spirits up despite being um temporarily let go and some even laid off after uh COVID kind of showed that it was going to be a longer uh lockdown than we expected initially here um uh it's a really cool look at a person his life um it's engaging and uh heartwarming at times a little emotionally manipulative i think um in a few ways but all bio documentaries kind of lean into that category so no no anger that way uh, but then the other documentary from florida is called calendar girls and a few years ago there was a movie called palms um that was diane keaton and a bunch of other older actresses and uh it was based on a true story of, of about elderly cheerleaders i forget where um and calendar girls is like the florida dance version of that um, but real again, real life, this is a documentary. It's not uh, actors playing these characters. It is actually about them. Um, found it endlessly interesting. There are some really cool film elements where like it almost breaks into like a Wes Anderson dance number, um, like where it breaks the, the reality of the documentary for a minute for them to demonstrate their choreography in a narrative way. Like they're packing up the cars the first time uh, from a gig. And then all of a sudden it turns into essentially a music video where they're dancing to a song that we're watching and it's really well shot and it, it has again the Wes Anderson vibe because they're dancing like in in conjunction with the action they were doing so they were packing the car so they're like dancing into that way and it was I was so thrown when it, it moved into that but it, it endeared me immediately to that um it kind of peters off towards the end and it, it feels like maybe they ran out of time or ran out of money um and it just abruptly comes to a conclusion it wasn't totally satisfying but overall i really liked it and thought it was worth uh, everyone's time um we got our neon box so we've i've been watching a bunch of the neon movies that i wasn't able to see in theaters um saint omer 
which is very powerful, very emotional. It, it just didn't quite grab me. It's a, a long, talky courtroom procedural. Um, and a lot of the scenes just just kind of dragged for me. Um, I may not have been in the right headspace when I watched it. I still found it to be a very powerful story, well-performed, but it just was a little slow and monotonous for my mental state at the day. Again, maybe if I watched it on a different day, I'd have a different connection, but that was the vibe. Uh, a documentary called Three Minutes, colon, a lengthening. Um, it's uh, a man found three minutes of footage shot back uh, in Poland before it was taken over by Hitler. Um, and the, the just three minutes of kind of random footage, hard to place. And that's what the documentary is, is basically examining every second of the footage uh, and trying to discover if they could find survivors, um, what city it was in, things like that. It's very compelling, uh, emotional, obviously. Um, Helena Bottom Carter is the narrator, uh, so that was fun. Um, and then the I don't remember the guy's name whose footage it actually is. He's also just talks a few times. Um, but definitely worth checking out. Again, I don't know when you're going to be able to see that, but three minutes, a lengthening, worth watching. Um, I finally got to see David Cronenberg's new movie, Crimes of the Future. I've, I'm not like a huge Cronenberg fan, but I've seen his big ones. Like I've seen Scanners, I've seen The Fly, I adore The Fly, and Videodrome. Those are the three that I'm coming to mind right now that I know I've seen that are huge. Um, I still haven't seen Crash. I don't know that I can watch that movie, so I haven't I haven't tried. Um, it's on my list. Uh, one day maybe, but cronenberg's crash i actually have seen the one that won the oscar i don't recommend that one um i i liked crimes of the future it's weird uh vigo mortensen's kind of a ninja for no reason i i thought it was a cool costume choice um it's disturbing but if you know david cronenberg that's kind of what you're going in for um it's an interesting premise uh you know there's a it's got a noir kind of vibe to it at at times um or neo-noir i really really was captivated by it. I don't know how I, I don't think it's a must see movie, but it was, it was really high for me. I definitely enjoyed it more than I didn't. Um, can't say anything about this movie yet, uh, but I did get to see Damien Chazelle's new film Babylon. Uh, my review for that will be dropping on December 16th. So if you want to know my thoughts on Babylon, look for that on burkreviews.com. Um, Moon age daydream is the uh, David Bowie, I guess it's a documentary. I don't really know what to call it. It is about him. Uh, there's a lot of musical performances cut in. Some of it, I think, is even music videos. Um, it's more experimental than a traditional documentary, though. That is uh, for sure. Um, it's not all talking heads and sometimes how information is presented. Uh, we are kind of cutting things like a music video. Um, endlessly interesting, though, because... Uh, david bowie's interesting like that's just the nature of it and honestly um i i've never considered myself a david bowie fan i guess um not that i didn't like him but i just never really listened to him outside of his songs are everywhere like even watching the the moon age Day daydream there were songs that i knew were david bowie's and there were songs that i was like oh really that was david bowie's song um because I knew them from other iterations, even I don't even know if I've heard his version. I've heard other people like cover those songs. Um, but as a figure, I still wasn't that aware of everything he's done. And so I found that part of the documentary to be even more compelling than the music stuff. Just like hearing him talk about his uh, decisions on all sorts of things and um, his view on art and why he makes art. It was, it was very compelling. I liked a lot of that. Um, and the last thing I watched uh, was Broker. Um, 
which is a South Korean film, um, that I learned something, folks. I didn't know baby boxes were a thing. Um, the movie opens with uh, a woman carrying. You actually know what she's carrying at first. Um, she she sees a church. She goes to the church, and there's like a giant box on the wall that kind of reminds me of like a book depository. And uh, she pulls it uh, down. Um, or actually, she doesn't. She sets the baby on the ground instead of putting it in the box. Another person puts the baby in the box, and I'm like, I had to Google, are baby boxes real? And sure enough, yes, in, in all over the place too, not just in South Korea. But there are like – basically, it's a safe way of uh, giving your child up for adoption if you don't want to go through the proper legal means um, rather than just leaving your baby to the weather and hoping it, it doesn't get eaten by like coyotes or something. Um, and – I had no clue. Never in my life did I know that was a thing. So I, I thought at first it was just a fabrication for the film. It was not. It is a real thing. Um, but uh, and so I really like the movie. I'm not going to remember anybody's names off the top of my head. But um, the the lead actor, whose name I definitely should know because he's in Snowpiercer and he's in Parasite. I always like him. Um, he's also in The Host and uh, Memoirs of a Murderer. Um, I'm a trying to get through all of Bong Joon-ho's uh, filmography I've seen most of. Uh, Broker is fantastic. It's not fantastic. It's really good. I liked it a lot. I wanted to love it. I wanted to be like floored by it. It never quite got there for me. Um, it kind of at the end, I don't really know if I got the messages ever the movie was trying to say. Um, that could be my fault, not the films, but it from the people I've talked to, that's kind of the general vibe is that it's really good, but it's not quite uh, a total success, but definitely worth checking out. Um, so as always, I'm going to end with, uh, how I'm saying bloody awesome. Um, this week I had the opportunity to speak to the junior class and senior class at the school that I teach at. And, uh, it was, it's great, um, getting opportunities like that. Uh, I do think myself as a speaker and, um, I always get the opportunity to just kind of talk uh, without having to assign something to it. And I, I had that opportunity this week because we had a day of, uh, testing, and so the students who weren't testing, I, I was uh, gladly volunteered to be the, the kind of host. And I had a presentation that I went through, but I also just introduced a bunch of other topics. And um, the, the kindness that I've received from both high school students, but also my colleagues who maybe don't get to hear me uh, speak has been overwhelming. And, and I'm very grateful to hear all the nice things. Um, it's, it's very surprising to have high school students who you don't know walk up to you just to tell you that they thought your speech was really good or to uh, reference something that you said, especially when they had a long day of uh, between myself and whatever happened the first hour of their session. Um, and it was, it was grateful uh, to hear such nice things. So that's how I'm saying bloody awesome next week on Netflix. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has dropped and we are going to be talking about it. Now I actually saw it on the big screen about three weeks ago, um, I don't believe Matt has seen it yet, but we will be discussing it. Uh, nothing is coming out in theaters this week. So uh, we went to the streaming services, and this is a big drop. Um, Del Toro has been promoting this. Uh, there's a really cool him and Jimmy Fallon interview on The Tonight Show that I thought was really cool. He brought um, Pinocchio and Geppetto uh, figures there. It is a stop-motion Pinocchio. And I, um, while I, I did not love the movie, I liked it a lot, and I want to say it is substantially better than robert zemeckis's pinocchio um it is not the disney pinocchio though so know that going in and, um but it's it's got some of del toro's themes it's not all of it. it's more in his fantasy side than his horror side but i still found it very very compelling um 
if you like what we're doing here at the podcast, I ask that you stop uh, and give us that five star rating on whatever podcast host you use to listen, whether that's Spotify or Pandora or uh, Apple podcast or anywhere else that we are. Um, follow us on social media on Twitter. We're at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. Instagram is bloody awesome movie pod. We're still on Facebook. We don't use it much, but we do post every once in a while there. Uh, you can follow me at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. And Matt at WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk and at, uh, I think if you search what I watch Tonight on all of his uh, socials, um, I know he abbreviates it on a couple. And Matt, I apologize. I follow you on everything. I just don't remember what your username is on everything. But if you find me, you can easily find Matt. We're, we often are tweeting at each other or posting on Instagram. And our bloody awesome posts, we often will uh, link to our individuals. So there's a way to find us. Um, with that, uh, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome. Awesome!